0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 80th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to touch into this week is the NBA. Uh, we just found out this week that the Cavs and Boston trade finally went through today. Uh, before we get into, uh, to add a second round pick, just guys, uh, what were your thoughts on it? We're hearing initially that it wasn't going to go through.
1: I mean, I'm not sure what the holdup was because, I mean, it it wasn't new news that uh, IT had the hip issue. Mm -hmm. It it seemed like this was pretty common knowledge, so you would think that a team would do their due diligence on that before okaying a trade, but then all of a sudden they're coming around trying to say, oh, what's with this hip? He he may not be ready day one. Like, I just feel like that was kind of BS, like, Cleveland, if, if you were doing your job or if you maybe, you know, weren't underpaying your GMs, maybe you would have somebody smart enough to look into these type of things before you okay a trade. But, you know, that's, that's Dan Gilbert and company for you.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, hasn't it just kind of seemed like that front office for Cleveland has kind of just fallen apart lately? You know, like, It just seems like a lot of things haven't necessarily been clicking for them, but to a point, do you also think it's kind of brilliance on their point on their part as well? Kind of thing like we know it's not going to pass physical, so let's go through with it, and you know it fails the physical, therefore we get more out more out of the trade. Like I I think it could go both ways. You you could see both sides. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Darnell and I, I think, I believe we both agreed that we thought Cleveland won the trade to begin with. So for them to get Mm -hmm. an additional second round pick, it's just kind of like, you're just throwing more at them and they're just laughing the whole way, you know, um, you know, granted a, a second round pick in an NBA draft isn't a ton. Every once in a while, you'll get a, uh, get a second round pick that turns into something you know, a la uh, Isaiah Thomas, yeah. for one, a la Draymond Green. Green. Um, and, you know, one thing I forgot to mention last week is it's very interesting. I think this is the first time we've seen the first pick in the draft be traded for the last pick in the draft. You know, just yeah. just something that's kind of funny about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it just seemed like, I mean this issue came up and Cleveland wanted to just make sure they came through in this looking like they were in a position of power because mm-hmm. I mean, like I just said, the, the trade wasn't made too much different. They got a second round pick that they will get to use three years from now, a 2020 second round pick. So yeah, you, you may get a, a Draymond, you may get a Ginobili out of this, but, Odds are you're going to get a guy that probably won't even make your roster. So, yeah, a guy that'll float in the G League for a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to add something, uh, to it, just a little disappointed in, um, some of those, uh, so called fans in Boston for, uh, burning IT's jersey. Um, I, I do think, um, It was just a couple rotten apples, um, and a spoil, uh, spoiling a bunch. Um, I don't think that Mm -hmm. was a lot of people out there that was burning Jersey. Uh, just, you know, like I said, a couple rotten apples, but, uh, just found out to be very disrespectful. Call
1: them what they are, dumbasses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Dumbasses. Uh, for him to, you know, all that he went through. He
2: got traded. He didn't leave. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah, I, everybody treated this like it was the LeBron and Paul George situation.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely, you know. Well, not had, everyone treated it, but yeah. a few. Yeah, you know, um, like I said, you know, a bunch of dumbasses, you know, this guy went out there, his sister uh, died in a car accident and was out there giving it his all, and that was just completely wrong, man. So, that was uh, that was just a bad look. Uh, for the Boston fans, but uh, they need to do better than that. But, yeah, just my little two cents. Um, Anything else, guys, on this?
2: Yeah, I, I guess I'll just throw it in real quick. Like, that second-round pick doesn't seem like a lot, and at the end of the day, it probably isn't. But th- the second-round pick could be super interesting, may- mainly because... um. I, I just feel like that second round pick it, it'll just be interesting to see where that pick falls if it falls in the first couple picks of the second of the second round, we might see someone that could crack a roster uh, but if it falls in the middle to second half of that second round I, I would consider it void and not even relevant to be honest um, granted it is so hard to judge what talent in the draft uh, will pan out especially. Once you get through the first, you know, basically once you get through the lottery, Uh, a lot of those guys don't even make rosters. But, uh, you know, that second round pick, if it turns into something, you know, it'll, you know, Cleveland fans will be all, Oh, that was the greatest trade in history. And, you know, if it turns into nothing, everybody will go, well, you know, at least we got IT out of it. So, you know, I kind of view Cleveland as, as the team that really can't lose out of this. Um, But, you know, if something turns out of that second round pick for Boston, it'll just be kind of like, oh, why did we give that up? You know, so I feel like Boston has more to lose from that second round pick than Cleveland has to gain.
0: But just so far, based on this trade, y'all still would have uh, Cleveland favored to uh, win these?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay.
2: Um, I think we need to be shown otherwise before we say Cleveland's not the favorite in the
0: East. You agree, Darno? Yeah.
1: With which team still has LeBron?
0: All right. <laughs> that's, that's Cleveland, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh up next what we're about to get into is uh some NFL uh coming from the D. Uh Matthew Stafford, man, had a big contract, uh highest paid uh player in NFL history, uh making twenty seven M's a year. Uh what do you guys think about this?
2: I, I guess I'll start it since they're my squad. But uh, in some ways, I love it. And in some ways, I hate it. Um, the, I'll start with the reason I hate it. I hate it because, like, Stafford hasn't really done a ton for postseason. The postseason accolades are not there. Has made the playoffs, but has failed to reach the second round. Like, that's not a lot of credence to give this guy a ton of money. And and I understand that. And that's the knock on him. The knock on him is he doesn't really beat teams with winning records. And he hasn't done much in the postseason, so like I completely understand. But the reason I love it is because, you know, you, you talk to, or I mean, nobody's really talking to analysts, but like you hear analysts talk about Matthew Stafford, they all talk about him as like a top ten, top twelve quarterback in the league. So, I mean, I I think he's just as good as Derek Carr. I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers, top eighty Drew Brees. Like, don't misunderstand me here, like. I think he's just as good as Derek Carr, if not better. Um And the thing, like, for me, it boils down to, okay, if you don't pay Matthew Stafford, then what? Say he leaves, what are you left with? You're left with a black hole, a quarterback. You know, you have nothing after him if he leaves. So it's not like we're going to go out and get Aaron Rodgers or get uh, Drew Brees or Tom Brady. So if you don't want Stafford to leave, if you like what he has to offer, pay him. I have zero problem with giving him this contract mainly because there's nothing after him and you're not going to go get a stud for another team. That's just not how it works. So I'm totally cool with giving him the money. If you don't want him to leave, pay him. And I'm happy to see Matthew Stafford in Detroit for the next handful of years.
1: Yeah. uh, I guess I'm of two minds here on this one. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Stafford fan. I think that's been been clear as far as I, I gave him his props for the season he had last year. Uh, but, I mean, just to echo some of the stuff, Ty said he, he's been to the playoffs twice, a loser both times. Uh, mm-hmm. After last year, people did try to they, – they jumped him up to that top 10, top 12 level. Mm-hmm. I'm still more so he's probably in the top – 15 to 18 range in my opinion uh i think that's a good comparison that you made with uh with carr if if i had both of them in the draft starting from scratch just i'd take carr because he's younger and mm-hmm. has more upside i think i think yeah. stafford is what he is right now mm-hmm. uh and i think a lot of that was shown last year where they're trying to make him more of a game manager type quarterback like he's yeah. not making a lot of those long throws and, yeah. that, and that that's better for him Mm -hmm. But that also kind of takes him out of being one of those quarterbacks that you depend on to win or lose you a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can depend on him not to lose a game if you put him in situations where he's throwing more 5 to 12-yard passes more than going downfield and and Mm -hmm. using that cannon that he has for an arm. Uh, But on the other hand, the market is the market with the mm-hmm. NFL he was the next guy up that's a franchise yep. quarterback so he was going to get get his money detroit did good for themselves keeping him under 30 a year i i believe so mm-hmm. they did the best they could with it uh but i mean it, it is what it is he he got his money uh, yeah. does it does it change detroit's fortunes does it oh, absolutely not yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, it keeps them in that eight and eight to 10 and six level where mm-hmm. they might sneak into the playoffs. But are they going to make noise to go deep? No.
2: So I, and, and I could, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, it, it still takes a full roster to make to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to look at a team that probably has a better defense than an offense getting to the Super Bowl. The um, only exception there would probably be, I guess, the two teams we saw last year, Falcons and Patriots. Um, but that's just because their offenses can manage it. Uh, Detroit's well, offense cannot, cannot manage it.
1: Atlanta will probably have a solid defense this I year. Agree. but their off- But their offense is all-time great. Yes, yes, the, a- absolutely. The absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And, and yeah, and that was, that was the point I was going to hit next. Like, you're looking at a team that has two, two running backs that are basically RB1s and, you know, possibly a top 10 receiver when it's all said and done. Um, mm-hmm. in Julio Jones, but, uh, you know, I, I think the point that you made was, was spot on. Like, it doesn't change the fortune of Detroit that they're paying Matthew Stafford. Anymore. They're, they're still going to be anywhere from 11 and five on a really good season to eight and eight. Um, and, and, like I said, that 11 and five is a really good season. A good season. Um, you know, you're looking at nine and seven, 10 and six. Uh, and, but, but, but to be honest, that's where I, I feel like that's where the Lions should be. Um, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, and I think I'm going to, you know, reiterate something I said that this will date back a bit. Um, and especially it'll hit home with you, Trey, but Timothy Mozgov, he got paid by the L.A. Lakers. Yeah. Why? Because it was it was just his turn. He was in that free agent class and signed by a team that couldn't get anybody else. So they had the open money. They paid Timothy Mozgov. So, you know, I look at Matthew Stafford and just say it. And like Darnell said, he was the next guy up. It was it was his time to get paid. And, you know, who's going to be the next guy to get paid? Cam Newton will probably see a ton of money. Uh, you know, Andrew Luck got paid. What was it, last year? It's like, it's just all about who's the next guy that a team doesn't want to lose. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I know Stafford's going to get passed. Someone else will be the next highest paid quarterback. And, and that's fine. Like Darnell said, that's the market. And for me, it's just, it's Stafford's time to get paid. You don't want to see him leave. So you pay him. And that's why I have no problem with it because it's his turn and Detroit doesn't want to see him go. He gives the vibe and says the right words to say that he wants to stay in Detroit. So it's like, he's not, you know, unhappy. He's not frustrated with the situation. At least it appears, but you know, now
1: Detroit has (laughs) to be frustrated if you were getting
3: that
2: much money. And and we're going to talk about the same with McGregor here in a minute, but like, Mm. You know, it, it's it's just the thing that, like, you know, a lot of people, I, I've seen it on message boards. I've seen it with my friends. Why are we paying Stafford this much when we haven't seen a lot out of him? It's like, all right, what do you want, Tom Brady? Like, good luck with that. You know, so it's just like, pay him, let him stick around. He's better than a lot of other options in the NFL. So I'm totally cool with it. Zero problem. Let's hit the season hard.
1: Well, I mean, no. it's just like okay. if if you put up if you put up top fifteen numbers and, mm-hmm. and your time comes up, where you, like you're a guaranteed starter in this league, you, you're going to get paid. If yeah. if if you're in that top half at least number wise, which Stafford oh. is, yeah. and like like next up is another guy who I do I think he will ever take a team to a Super Bowl. No, Kirk Cousins is going to get yeah well, the, three franchise plus a th- the
2: franchise year the franchise tag twice on him helps him big time.
1: Well, yeah, but, but I mean, he's he's put up gonzo numbers the last two years, too. Oh, he's thrown right. for a lot of yards and touchdowns. Like yeah, I said, do I do I think he's a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback? I mean, I guess if he got put on a team with, like, if he got put on Denver two years ago, yes. But yeah. but is he going to, with his arm and what he does on the offensive end, take a team to a Super Bowl? No, but probably, probably next summer, he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league.
0: Yeah, it's true. Who would you take, Darnell uh, Stafford or Cousins?
1: I mean, there there's not a huge difference between them. Like, I basically, it's a coin flip, I guess. I mean, just kind of how I said the same thing with Carr. I guess Cousins is a little younger, so mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit more upside. So, I guess maybe take him. But they, those two, actually have a lot of the same fault to them that. Mm-hmm. In a no, pressure situation, agree. they make a bad throw and screw mm-hmm. a team up.
2: Although, if I could jump in on that real fast, like, I think Kirk Cousins is a better game manager. I would rather have Matthew Stafford with 80 yards to go and a minute on the clock.
1: I could agree with that.
2: Like, I feel like Stafford has the better ability to. Pull something out of his behind and make it work. I would rather have Kirk Cousins to get me to a situation where I don't have to go eighty yards with one minute left. Like for, for for me, that that's just what it boils down to. My chances would be with Stafford over 95% of quarterbacks when it comes to you have one drive, who do you want? Like if you put Breeze, Rogers, and Brady out of the situation, I would pick Stafford to give me one drive, 80 yards, two minute drill. I'd take Stafford every time. But if I wanted someone to really control a game for me, yeah, give me Kirk Cousins. And I have zero problem saying that.
0: Now you guys did sound, you know, kind of iffy on the whole uh, Stafford. Um, If you guys were uh, the GM, would you have gave gave him that much money or what?
2: You kind of have to, (laughs) like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, just like, I just feel it's the situation where he's going to say, "Well, look at what Derek Carr just got paid. Give it to me, or I'm out. I'll opt out." Like, you, you, you don't want that situation going. I think at the it's the beginning of the season. You want Stafford happy. You want him secure. Like, if if imagine they say, "Mm, "I don't think we're going to give you the the contract." So he's playing on his final year with the Lions, with without the contract to come back next year. Like, what do you think that does for his performance this year? Like, I'd almost be scared to see what that does for his performance this year. Like, does he give up knowing he's not coming back and knowing that other teams will sign him? Like, I feel like the Lions were kind of left without any other choice. One, because there's nothing out there, and two, because they like like Darnell said, he's a franchise guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Lions are basically just in the rock and a higher place. I mean, they, even with a serviceable quarterback, I don't think they'd be bad enough to be in the running to get Darnold or Rosen. Mm -hmm. So, what would they be getting at if they didn't pay Stafford? Uh, Because, well, one, he'd be playing this year. So, they would be letting him run his contract out. So, they would. They would be in that range that uh, I spoke of. They'd be 8-8 eight and eight and sneak in or not make the playoffs, but still have a middle-of-the-pack draft pick or have a good season, get to 10-6, and 11-5, get to the playoffs, we'll probably lose that first-round game again, and have a later draft pick to where they still don't have a quarterback and, and Stafford walks. So it's a crappy situation, but, yes, they had to pay him. The market was set. Uh, it's kind of to the point where you really can't negotiate and low-ball quarterbacks like that or else yeah. they're not going to sign them. So you have to go above what the highest-paid quarterback is. Is Stafford in that uh, grouping with Brady, Breeze, uh, Rogers? Hell no. But he, he's a, he's a top-half of the league guy, so you have to pay him mm-hmm. top – Top, top guy money until until the next guy comes up. And,
2: and another thing I think you need to consider there, uh, and some we haven't brought up, it's not like the Lions have a defense that people are scared of. That's why, you know, Kansas City can get away with, you know, getting Alex Smith for mid-level pay. You know, teams who don't have the stud defense aren't going to get away with not paying a quarterback. So I mean, and you both know it. Being in the Detroit market, Detroit wins their games off of outscoring people. They don't win games off of shutting shutting offenses down. Stafford, Stafford's your best bet.
1: And it's just that day in this day and age. I mean, quarterbacks they get to pretty much take thirty to forty percent of the salary cap, and even if you don't have a great one.
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. uh, Anything else to add?
3: No. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Up next, about to get right into McGregor versus Mayweather. Uh, Guys, what were your thoughts
3: on the fight?
1: Uh, It was what I figured it would be. I mean... A lot of people want to give McGregor a lot more credit because he, he did last longer than a lot of people expected, uh, and he, he had a lot better showing early.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think if we, we factor everything in on this, uh, Mayweather was true to his word. He said he was going to be a little more aggressive, which means he got hit more, which means McGregor was made to look better. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, a lot of the MMA fans that were back in McGregor were talking about how, oh, if he lands that left hand, that that's his shot. If he lands the left hand on McGregor, it's over. He he got a pretty clean uppercut on Ma- on uh, Mayweather first round, and yep, and he ate it, walked through it, and I think Mayweather knew from that point was like so i'm just gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna switch up my style a little bit i'm not gonna be uh shoulder rolling and uh putting the shoulder out for him and, and head movement no i'm just gonna put two hands up i'm gonna walk forward uh because he can't hurt me and at some point he's gonna gas out and i'm gonna, I'm gonna beat the brakes off of him and that's basically what happened once mm-hmm. you got past round four or five where uh McGregor's punch output Started going down and Mayweather started going up. It was, I mean, you saw the light at the end of the tubble, tunnel that McGregor was going to go down, and you know uh, that that la- that final round, McGregor couldn't even put his hands up to throw a punch. He was just getting hit in the face, and you know, Ref had to step in and do what it needed to be done.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of funny because. Like, I was explaining the fight to my dad, who didn't see it until I showed him uh there There's some full fight recap on YouTube or something. And, you know, I was trying to explain it to him, and I said, Conor McGregor had a very interesting style and an interesting stance, for one. Um How I explained it was, it was like an old-time fight. You know how you get, you know, those bar fights where the guys take their shirts off and their hands are way out in front of them? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he was almost mm. punching with like three quarters of a wind up, or like a quarter of a wind up. So he wasn't putting much power mm. into the punch. Like he wasn't keeping his arms close, winding up on the punch. He was just trying to. I felt like he was just trying to land a bunch of jabs. Um, k- kind of worked. Um, I mean his punch count went way up, and a lot of people praised him for it. But it's it's not like those punches packed a lot in it. It's not like you know Mayweather was unable to take them. Like you said, Darnell, he let him, you know, land a couple big ones early. Uh, you know that uppercut in the first round for one, uh, and I think he landed a couple other pretty, pretty nice, you know, body shots. But you know, Mayweather didn't even look phased at all at any point during that fight, really. Um, but I think where McGregor needs to get some praise. Um, and, and you can completely disagree with me here, and I'd be okay with it. But I feel like he needs to get praise in the fact that he didn't exactly get a full camp for this. The fight was what three and a half months notice, May- maybe four months tops. I, I mean, he, I feel like he made a lot of strides in a short amount of time to get in to get into the boxing ring and last ten, well, nine and a half rounds with McGregor or with Mayweather. Um, I didn't expect if great, you guys know, I expected it to go the distance and I expected it to be like a fix and everything. But, um, I I don't necessarily give a lot of credence to it being, you know, the the knockout by Mayweather or anything like that. But I I do think McGregor needs to get some praise here. Um, you know, whether you think it's fully, fully deserved or not. Like, I, I still think he gave a great showing, a fight that a lot of people thought was just going to be Mayweather dominating. He made interesting and, uh, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great watch.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, from a, from a spectacle standpoint, uh, just from a non, like not watching it as a purist, Mm -hmm. just as a, as a, as a fight, it was Mm -hmm. definitely entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Eyes because mcgregor came out uh he he had a a better than expected showing uh like i said some of that was because mayweather did not fight a usual mayweather type fight uh mm-hmm. i guess how i look at this there's there's a lot of things to to point out in this fight uh and, and I don't want to make it look like I'm bashing McGregor because I'm not. Uh he stepped in, he he lasted he, he lasted uh a lot a lot longer than a lot of people expected. Uh do I think he proved that he's some kind of elite boxer? No. Uh because, you know, once you dig into the numbers uh those first four rounds where uh Mayweather kinda of felt him out and let him wear himself out some the numbers bear it out. I mean, Mayweather landed pretty much 50% of his punches and, you know, uh, another elite boxer of that level would not have allowed that to happen. And I guess let's, let's not, let's not forget that McGregor was fighting a, a 40 year old man that was two years removed from his last fight. Mm-hmm. The Mayweather we got in this fight would have been mopped by Canelo or, or Triple G or anybody else that's in the top 10 of that yeah, weight
3: class. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, let, let, let's just not forget that. And, and from what we know of Mayweather, he is very smart in picking his opponents. He's not going to take a fight that he thinks he's going to lose, especially when he's 49 and 0 no and was just looking for 50. This was the right fight at the right time. McGregor is the biggest star in MMA. Uh, and he loves to talk and promote fights. So this was perfect. This was a guy that was gonna be a, a perfect dance partner as far as getting people excited to watch this fight. But I think Mayweather knew from, from Jump Street that uh, this guy cannot beat me. And, yeah. and then, like I said earlier, once he, he took, he took his best shot in the first round. I think it, that was just it. He was like, "Oh, oh yeah, I ate this uppercut. This it's over for this dude. Just I'll I'll let him punch himself out, and mm-hmm. and we'll make this last. We'll give the people a show." He he did that. Everybody went home happy. Uh, McGregor got got a lot of props here. He might actually be able to get another boxing fight. Get, get him. Uh, another decent payday, not to this level that he got, but I another heard, decent uh, payday. And
0: Paulie Malin, uh, Malinaji, or however you say it. Yeah. Hey, he called yeah. him out. He wants to get in the boxing match. So,
1: And that would probably be another good one for McGregor, Another, another retired fighter. I know people are trying to say he should take the winner of Canelo Triple G. Like one Hold of those, on, dudes. On, McGregor.
3: Might, yeah. Some wow, people no.
1: are trying to say that. <laughs> but one of them two would end his life. And and like I'm not joking. I mean in that in that Nobody tenth round like yeah, yeah. Like if ma if, if Mayweather was a knockout fighter, that that tenth round would have been dangerous. Yeah. Because I mean, pretty much every one of those punches landed before that fight got stopped was clean to his face. Oh yeah. So so yeah, let let's not like say that McGregor proved he's he's a good pro boxer no he he did well in this fight but this was him fighting somebody that probably at, at fight time was 20 pounds less than him and is not a a knockout artist this yeah. is a guy that went mayweather's a point fighter he's a he, he, he he can hit in volume and get people down, but I mean the last real knockout he had was Victor Ortiz, and and yeah, most people said cheese. that That's that right. was
3: a sucker yeah. punch. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: and, and and real fast though, like how how much is, it's so hard for me to look at boxing and and not think some level of a fix is on. No, Tran, you've even said it, like there is a level of dirtiness in boxing. It's just there, and it always has been. Um, so a, a part of me really actually wonders, like, how much of those first few rounds was Mayweather, yes, feeling out the fight, but also kind of, like, letting McGregor kind of strut his stuff a little bit to maybe get him another boxing fight, thinking there's more money in boxing than there is in UFC. Um, you, you know, a, a lot of possibilities could be there. But I think a lot of it was more Mayweather feeling out McGregor, McGregor getting it in while he could, trying to maybe end it early, or uh, you know, any any number of things there. But um, you know, the major—I don't think this was you know a fixed anything by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it was fixed, but I mean, I I definitely do think uh, Floyd allowed the fight to go a lot longer than it had to. Yeah. Uh, he, he was saying months before or well weeks before the fight actually happened. I wasn't sure I believed him, but you know, he, he was saying, I, I owe the fans a better fight than the Pacquiao fight. Yeah. And he, he guaranteed it wasn't going to go to distance. And I, I do think Floyd is that good at boxing where, I mean, he, he knew he could probably finish Connor off when he wanted to. Uh And, and yeah, so he he knew that he was never going to be in any danger against him because Connor's strikes probably were seriously looking like they were coming in slow motion at Floyd for the most part, just from him having to fight real boxers that, that don't telegraph punches that, know how to use limited shoulder motion to throw jabs and hooks and uppercuts and stuff like that. That's not to say Conor isn't a good striker for MMA, but he's not a pro boxer. So there's still lots that he has to learn there. So I think Floyd is good enough and, and such a student of boxing that he knew he could let let this fight go long enough and keep the crowd into it and end it when he was ready, which I do kind of feel like he did.
0: Yeah, I I can agree with that just because um, watching Floyd fight plenty of times and watching McGregor fight um, in the MMA, um, Mm -hmm. one thing that kind of caught me off a little bit, which is how Floyd uh, fought in this matchup, uh, because, you know, I said before, like, of would have to throw a lot of shots. um, And, you know, Floyd was saying, you know, he was letting him tire him out. Uh, but my kind of whole thinking was you know Floyd's a defensive specialist uh he's a good counter puncher, so why not you know counter some of those punches uh that McGregor's throwing instead of letting them land on you, and then you know sneak a couple of counter shots up in there uh sometimes just kind of letting them you know hit him with the uh his biggest uh punch in the fight that uppercut he had. Wow. Um, and stuff like that. So it, it was, I definitely agree with you guys coming forward, just coming from just seeing, uh, how Floyd has fought and then especially with Conor McGregor because, you know, I just think if Floyd was to keep Conor uh, Conor McGregor, he was going to get tired. Um, anyway, just looking at how he fought in MMA, uh, the guy gets gassed pretty easily. Um, guy just has so much talent to be getting gassed like that. But, uh, you know, yeah, just looking at just how the, Fight when I, I really do think Floyd could have uh, ended it a lot quicker, um, just yeah. with how he how he fights uh, uh how Connor was fighting. I just think that him mm-hmm. being a defensive fighter, uh, he
3: could have ended it quicker. So
2: yeah, and to to be fair to McGregor, um, like they, I think I, I'm in a stance where you know I do think Mayweather could have ended the fight further or earlier. But I also think to McGregor's benefit, and I'm not, like, defending him completely here, but but I think he deserves a little more credit than some people have given him. Like, I, I do think he was keeping Mayweather on his toes for the first few rounds. Um, I, I do think Mayweather didn't know what to expect, and I do think he kind of threw him a curveball with a very unorthodox stance uh under Shout sex out to style. those
0: uh hammer fists in the clinch too <laughs>
2: yeah yeah because that was gonna end the fight you know like I, I, I will admit Trey I was I was text I was texting you as I watched it and I believe I was texting you, and I was like, dude, what's with this hammer time yeah. going on? <laughs> you know, like, dude needs lay off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll get that, what was it, million dollar fine or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, because they had it like, in the clause. Yeah, they could I know. So,
2: like, you know, it was, it was kind of bizarre. First of all, it was bizarre seeing Conor McGregor in a boxing ring. Yeah. Like, if that wasn't weird enough, like, second of all, seeing him, like, not be a polished boxer just made it even weirder. Like those, those hammer fists and stuff when they were in the clinch, just kind of like, dude, like this isn't the UFC. You need to be careful here. Like how many times did the ref step in and be like,
0: quit hitting him in the back of the neck? You know,
2: like part of that, it would, I
0: think that was kind of like a little instinct too.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a hundred percent. It was a hundred percent instinct. Yeah. Like he's used to getting in there and just doing whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, here you actually have to like pick your spots. Yeah. It's different. But I guess back to my main point, like, yeah, I do think McGregor showed up ready to fight. And, and I think that that needs to be, uh, at least acknowledged big time. Like he, he didn't throw a flop in the ring. You know, he, he came ready. He fought hard. Um, it lasted longer than we expected. Whether you know Mayweather let it go or not, like he lasted nine and a half rounds. Yeah. Uh, and and I think he does need to be given a lot of
0: benefit for that. Yeah. I'm starting to you know like McGregor a little bit, man. That guy, I just love that guy's confidence. Now i Uh I know he's been had it, but you got a lot of fighters that go out there. You know, they just talk trash and you know just say whatever, but. When they, when he, know, when that guy talks, you know, you can really sense that he truly believes in himself. And, you know, a lot of this guy's fights that he's won, uh, you know, McGregor, he's not the hardest puncher in the world. He's not the fastest fighter out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that guy just oozes in confidence and believes in himself. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it self, got him self to that point. Is huge. Yeah. You know, it got him to that point to, uh, make a hell of a payday, uh, for that fight. So
3: 30 is the white guy our ball. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, now guys, um, just well another thing too for me to say uh before we uh go to the next question, but I do uh know that um you know Conor McGregor he does have his fair share nut huggers, um but some of these Floyd nut huggers man were just ridiculous. Like I I know like they were happy to see him win the fight, but some of these guys out there were acting like he just beat a prime Sugar Ray Leonard or something. It's like
2: did did Let's you guys hold. see? Did did you guys see Snoop Dog? No, he
0: mm-hmm.
3: was all this mother effer
2: thinking he could get in the ring with a real ni double ga. <laughs> thinking he gonna get in there fifty and no mother effers fifty and no. Like it's kind of like whoa, settle down there, Snoop. <laughs> yeah,
0: but like <laughs> some of these dudes acting like he just like went it in up. there. It's, it's hilarious. Just, like, yeah, it's hilarious. Beat a prime Muhammad Ali or son. It's like this guy has no, uh, first lifetime entering, you know, a sanctioned boxing fight. Like, what do you expect? You know what I'm saying? Like, this just easy work for Floyd Mayweather pretty much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if some of these guys were just like acting like Floyd Mayweather just beat everybody pretty much, man, it was, it was ridiculous, but. Like, I know, like, they could be happy that the guy win won, but they were hyping this guy, hyping him up like he's just destroyed everyone or something.
3: hmm It's pretty cool. Oh, bad. yeah,
1: I mean, I, I, I got a lot of that from both sides. Just, I mean, like, y'all know, like, I I really just had no love for this fight at all from either person. Yeah. But, yeah. While looking through Twitter while it was going on for me, I was just like, "Why am I on this planet?" <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, because yeah. I mean, you you got you got Connors fans acting like he's like they're they feel like they're actually watching Rocky.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, which I can understand so, a little bit for the Connors fans because you know he's coming there as the underdog, so you know got to show a little extra well, no- love to the underdog. But no,
1: some of these did not think he was the underdog. Like a lot of a lot of yeah. fans were expecting a second or third round That's, knockout. No, it's true. And now I'm just like, what the what the hell is wrong with these people? You, I, I know he's 40, but he's he's one of the best fighters to ever fight for the last 10, 20 years. He's not gonna knock this dude out.
2: Yeah. Well, but then yeah, the, like the way I was looking at it, you know, someone who you know, hasn't really been into boxing, just getting into MMA. It's kind of like, you're telling me that you think someone who's never been in a boxing ring before, where the rules are tenfold on the UFC, that you think he's going to get in there and be able to basically land the punch of a lifetime? Mm-hmm. Like it, It's not like he's going to get this guy in a very vulnerable position. He's not going to somehow get him on the ground and then hammer fist him he's not going to be able to throw some leg and catch him upside the head and rock his temple like this has to be the most technical punch in Conor McGregor's life and you think Floyd's going to let that happen
1: exactly so so yeah i'm i'm watching that i mean of course like i said i i, I give him credit he he stepped in he he trained he didn't look like he was just Totally out of place, but yeah, I mean, you had Connors fans just like, you know, pumping him up like he, like, like you were watching Rocky Balboa and Irish Rocky, Rocky Balboa, and I'm just like, no, that's not the case for this. And then you got Floyd's fans like giving credence to this, like Floyd should be beating this guy, like yeah. this. Let's not pump this up like he, he beat like Andre Ward or something like that. No, this is Connor McGregor. This is a guy, this is his first pro fight.
3: Like, yeah. why That's aren't you
1: seeing this for
3: what this is? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Now, uh, just with this, uh, guys, uh, the McGregor show, uh, that he belongs, uh, to be in the boxing world more. Um, do you, uh, Think that was worthy enough for him to attempt to further get into some more boxing fights if he wanted to, or you think this should be that should just be one and done for him?
1: I think one and done, Uh, unless he wants to actually fight somebody that's more his skill level. Uh, Because like I like I said earlier, this this was a Floyd that if he fought another actual pro fighter,
0: he probably would have got beat. Yeah, one of those two would
1: have would have worked. Yeah. Like, that's just from yeah. what I've seen. And and that's I mean, putting aside that he fought a different style, like I know he felt he could be more aggressive against McGregor, but as much as he still allowed himself to be hit by McGregor, yeah. he he wouldn't be fifty and oh versus another like top yeah. top ten, top fifteen fighter. He so fixed
3: those fights perfectly yeah. well.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and, the, yeah, he knows that. But I mean, he, as, as much as he got hit to still not have a mark on him, like that, that showed he, he knew what he was getting into. Yeah. Uh, as far as McGregor, like I know, I know this fight gave him a lot of confidence and he, he was talking a lot after where, like he, he saw how well, how good he felt he was when he could stay out of people's range. But I mean, unless he's going to, Get in there and try to work his way up or, or like, like Trey, like you said, fight Paulie Malinagi, another retired fighter, something like that, just to, you know, get another payout. No, he, he should not make his way in. He should not try to wade into the boxing realm because he will be embarrassed at some point if he does that. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I think we can all agree that Conor McGregor's draw is the UFC. Uh, that, that's where, He'll get the most hype, that's where he will uh, have the most success. Um, but I think boxing's where the money is, and I wouldn't be shocked if he gets another boxing fight. Yeah. Um I mean I, I and, and I also think we all can say it's not unrealistic that he gets another boxing match, but his I don't know. yeah, his comfort zone, his following, his success is gonna come in the UFC.
3: Yeah,
0: I can agree with that. Uh, you know, just a couple things, you know, just looking at him in that fight, um, had to work on his stance a little bit and, uh, definitely had to work on his power shots because, uh, he got him to land on Floyd, but there was other than like that uppercut and a couple more, uh, that really didn't have any sting to it. Um, and as always, you know, I've always mentioned it with McGregor as his conditioner. Um, I kind of, man, I'm, I kind of feel like just a little bit nervous for McGregor, man, just going down the road. Uh, he's kind of like giving me, uh, flashbacks a little bit to my man, BJ Penn. Um, I don't think he was talented overall as BJ Penn. Uh, but him and BJ, man, when they were, you know, doing their thing, they was going out there and, uh, just beating people up in the ring, man, getting those W's. But, uh, if he finds somebody, uh, that could, stay up in the ring to him that has a good heart that's conditioned that will stand that lefty uh he could be in some trouble man because you get tired up in that octagon or that ring man it's no joke you can really get some damage so I'm just I'm worried about that down the road for him but uh, you know so far you know he's been in there to do his thing but uh, that could definitely catch up and bite him down the road
1: well yeah I mean if he if he uh Takes on one of the actual next men up in the lightweight division in the UFC, he might have some trouble with that if he goes. I was hearing you know, Khabib, Tony man. Ferguson, yeah. or Khabib and uh, Yeah, those are guys Twitter that are today. conditioned. Yeah, yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. it's like I said, man. He's he's a great fighter, but you uh, you got to have conditioning, man. When you go in that octagon or that ring to fight, man. That's if
3: he gets but yeah tired, even
1: even bringing that up though, like the funny thing was, basically, he 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 was shot after pretty much a minute into the ninth round, which was twenty five minutes.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that coincidence? And that's that's. You know that's a, that's a championship UFC fight right, right yeah. there. Five right. so, and he's and, getting a little that, bit
0: more breaks uh, too. You know, just with the whole three minutes and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, like he's like I, I just I feel for him, man, because he's out there doing his thing. But you know, styles make mm-hmm. uh, fights. If he can go up in there, somebody can has a good chin on him and conditioning, especially a wrestler that could take him down and just be all over him. He's gonna be in a mess, man.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: so have to see down the road uh, Up next guys Floyd Mayweather Was this the last time we saw Mayweather in the ring? Yes Basically. Yeah I believe so He
1: He's smart enough to know he, he went in He got this easy I mean from everything that's being said It looks like this is probably going to be about A $300 million payout for him Yeah he he got this quick lick so he could pay the IRS off and <laughs> he drives
3: off into this. Yeah.
0: All right. And, uh, well, you had anything else to add to that, time?
2: No, just, you know, this is probably the, uh, I, I don't exactly remember numbers from the Pacquiao fight, but the biggest fight money wise of Floyd Mayweather's career. And for him to say he went out on the biggest fight, you know, of all time, pay-per-view fight plus fight payout, you know, I, I don't see him having a reason to come back, and I don't think his ego will allow him to come back from that either. So. Yeah.
0: And uh, last thing, just for boxing uh, and MMA, do uh, we see more crossovers down the road? Uh, I believe the first one was, um, uh, what's his name, Renegade and... James, Tony. Yeah, James, Tony. Then we had this one. Uh, Heard rumors, uh, possibly, of Roy Jones and Silva probably squaring off in the square circle. Uh, You guys think that this could could open up the potential for more fights, or you just think this is going to be like once in a couple of years?
2: (laughs) I don't think it'll be often, but I think we'll see more guys try it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'll catch it every now and then. Uh But it's just not too often that you're going to find this perfect storm where you have somebody that, at least on the MMA side, that is reasonably decent with their hands but has a mouthpiece like Conor has on him mm-hmm. where he can get people fired up just from him talking and get you one to, See him fight, or see him get his teeth knocked out. How, however, you feel about him. Yeah. Uh. There, there's not a ton of those. I mean, you you might have a couple more boxers where they know they're on their way out on the boxing side to try to jump in the MMA to see if they can make another quick one or two million from a pay per view. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It. it it's just been shown pretty much for the most part is it's hard from either side for one person to try to transition to the other sport. Uh, you know, you have MMA fighters trying to jump into boxing where you're trying to, you, you've been practicing multiple disciplines your whole life and you're trying to stand and square up with somebody that has perfected the art of throwing punches. And then on the other side, you've thrown punches your whole life and, you're trying to deal with people that ha- have to do multiple different things. They can kick, they can tackle you, they can slam you, and all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. it's a big transition.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, uh, anything else for boxing or MMA?
3: No. Thank
0: God it's over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next one. <laughs> Right, uh about to get into some college football now. Uh, just to start this off, uh, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on this week uh, for college
1: football? I mean, very fun week to start off. Uh, well, second week, yeah. technically.
3: <laughs> uh, I mean,
1: right now we got a pretty solid game going on a Big Ten matchup between Ohio State and Indiana. Uh, they've been throwing some haymakers at each other, and Ohio State. Uh, is getting more of a fight than they want. Uh, right now it's 20 to 14 and, uh, Indiana's marching. Uh, but then Saturday we, we have, uh, two big time matchups, uh, set up with, uh, U of M and Florida. Uh, the intrigue of it has gone down a little bit since it seems like Florida's suspended half of their team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, you, you do still have the, the late night matchup, the one versus three matchup with, uh, Alabama and Florida State. Uh, I, I really don't think you ask for much more, uh, with ma- them having matchups like that. Yeah. 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 I'll,
3: I
2: won't even say a whole lot because I think Darnell hit it right on the nose. And as we say that Indiana looks like they're about to take the lead on Ohio State in the third quarter. So, uh, I, I, I exciting stuff from, from the first moment teams take the field. And that's the joy of college football. Um, you know, a couple really good matchups week one, you know, you have the two top 20 matchups, Florida versus Michigan, uh, Alabama and Florida State with Alabama and Florida State being the headliner. Um, it, interesting fact there I, I, I've, I've been seeing today is, uh, no team has lost the First game, and then made it to the national championship game in a long time. So, uh, yeah, could could be some big implications for that game. Uh, you know, they they would seem unrelated, but you know, one loss early on, you know, you may have to uh you know, play some pretty flawless football for. The next 11 games of your season. So it'll be super interesting to see what happens there. Uh, you know, who, who's ready to play week one? That's, that's the joy about big matchups for the first weekend yeah. is you, know, you, you have to show up or your, your season could be over. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what makes it fun. This makes it exciting. The passion, the, the intrigue of it all. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's, that's what we look forward to.
0: All right, uh, first off, we're going to start with my man Darnell, his squad, Michigan State. Uh, they play and Green. Um, just what do you want to see from your, uh, school, uh, this week, man, starting off? Uh,
1: I mean, just a cohesive team. That's, that's, uh, in a nutshell, the main thing I want to see. Uh, want to see how LaWorky looks, you know, coming off of last year after breaking his leg. I mean, uh, he, he's looked decent in the inner team scrimmages. Uh, but you know, I want to see how he looks against live, uh, uh, another team that really wants to come at him hard and I want to see how the defense looks. Uh, that, that was the biggest issue with the team last year. Uh, We're favored by 17. I want to see a win by around that much. I'm not saying they have to beat them by 17 or more, but, you know, I want to see a double-digit win uh, to make me feel comfortable that the team is headed in the right direction. Uh, Bowling Green is not a team that, you know, has aspirations for anything big. not saying the state does right now. Uh, We're in a spot where we just need to get back on track. but a lot of youth on that team and I, I just want to see if they've, you know, pushed out all the crap from the summer and from last season out and uh they're back to working together towards a common goal.
0: Uh, you got anything to add from Michigan State,
1: Ty?
2: Huh? Um, yeah, for you know, for the sake of a good Big Ten, for the sake of Good rivalry uh, and all that. You know, I, I just want to see Michigan State get through uh, non-conference play undefeated. So, you know, I, I'd i like to see them, you know, go 3-0 and heading into conference play. So, um, you know, I, I hope they can pull out a victory, even if it's not pretty. A win goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it... I think Darnell hit a hit a pretty big one with Lurkey. It'll be interesting to see if he can grab control of the offense and uh keep him moving. So uh yeah, I uh, I think a win is first and foremost. Uh, but uh you
3: know,
2: I I I just think that a, a loss is really the only thing that would be a disappointment. Um a win in any capacity would just be a positive note. So uh, yeah, I think of victories first and foremost on the list.
0: Alright, uh well Darnell, anything else to have for your school? We just
1: win. Just win and win yeah. reasonably convincingly.
0: <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> okay, up next we're about to get into Michigan versus Florida. Uh but mm-hmm. Tyler, before we get into this particular game, got a quick question mm-hmm. for you, man. Um yep came out with news that Jim Harbaugh um he's gonna be having a podcast and we can podcast, I guess. Just with that coming out, man, do you think that's gonna be a distraction for him, him doing too much? Or would you like to see him just focus a little bit just on football and you know, not the podcast and stuff like that. Like how do you feel about that?
2: The football fan in me says focus on football. The Harbaugh fan in me says, "Do the podcast every single day. I don't care. You probably have something awesome to say." The college football fan in me says, "All right, this could be good. We're we're, we're getting a great sound bite from him constantly out of post game interviews, pre game interviews. Uh, you know, this just gives us another opportunity to hear him say something golden." Uh, so. Do I have a problem with it? No. Uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting listen, though, that's for sure.
0: Uh, it's it'll him be- and his
2: dad, isn't it? I'm not 100% sure. That's what I think <laughs> like, I
0: heard, and I think possibly yeah, his bro, too. So like, I-
2: yeah, because I was going to say, I'm, it'll be interesting to see who they get to talk on this thing, and what even in the heck they talk about. Like They're not going to be talking about what they're doing at practice. You know, like you
0: hey, he got a mouth are right. you talking yeah like are you
1: <laughs> not horrible he doesn't talk about anything with the team, yeah. yeah, so well,
2: did you guys see that he came out with the uh Michigan roster, and it was just all the guys in the n f l yeah. did you see that
1: <laughs> like well, it, he said he copied it from M live. Yeah, I didn't. He was on. He was on. He, I... was on lo- he was on local radio this morning on ninety seven one. He he did an interview. He's like, he's like, yeah, I don't even keep track of the roster. He's like, I, I think M Live handles it, so I just took that off of there and put it out. <laughs>
2: I didn't hear <laughs> that, but yeah, you know, j- just that's the stuff I'm gonna expect out of, out of a podcast from him. Just some bizarre stuff. You know, just, you, you never know what he's going to say. Yeah, And, and I think that's, what's going to make it fun.
0: All right, guys, uh, Doss on this matchup. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I think Darnell hit a spot on the, the bright lights of the game kind of dimmed a bit, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Florida suspended six players, uh, I guess the most notable reason was a couple of the Florida players have been buying stuff from the bookstore and then selling it. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just, you don't think you're going to get caught? Uh, yeah. And like putting that money on their school cards, like just bit weird. But then they just suspended their running back. I haven't read up on that, but uh,
1: yeah, they're st- been- starting red redshirt freshman quarterback.
2: Yeah, it, it, a lot of things have just seemed to disappear from this game, yeah. and all—all all to the fault of Florida, uh, I guess. Which is fortunate for me.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, you, you know, like like I—I I, I was telling my brother tonight. I'm like, I feel like Michigan shouldn't have an excuse. Like, I understand they're young, but it's not like they're going to be sitting a bunch of guys because of suspension here. Like, they should be going in with a pretty. Expected roster, not a lot of curveballs here coming out of Michigan's camp. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think the game is dimmed down a little bit. Um, as the suspensions have been rolling out, you know, Michigan fans just kind of lick their lips a little bit and, uh, just kind of gain confidence as each suspension keeps coming out. And, uh, you know, what do I expect out of Michigan? You know, I expect, you know, some, you know, bright lights getting in the way for some of the younger guys. Uh, maybe some mistakes or blown coverage or something. Uh, j- just some stuff where you look at where you look at them and say, "Yep, they're they're a young team," and I expect to see that early, and I expect to see that late if it's a close game. Uh, you know, but then from there, you know, I-, I would love to see a W out of Michigan uh, if it's close. Cool if it's a blowout. Cool. Uh, would be saddened by a loss. Uh, you know, like a, like I was saying, we're looking at a top 20 matchup here. So anytime you can beat a top 20 team, you're only helping yourself, whether it's close or whether it's by a lot. Um, and I think it would be a great first step for Michigan.
1: Yeah, I can agree with a lot of that. Uh, as far as, I mean, looking at it from the outside, I, w- I want to see how how the team as a whole bounced back because I mean, they lost a lot of talent last year. Uh You know, they, what are they overall return? Like five stars or something like that. Not I? even, not even. So, so yes. Yeah, so just to see how they come back with that. Uh, the defense is pretty much a whole new thing. So I want to see how they handle the speed that, I mean, Florida, they do still have talent on the roster, even though, A lot of their starters are not there So I do want to see how they deal with that Uh, And then of course Seeming as there was a lot of controversy with you guys As far as quarterback goes I want to see how I assume Wilton Spade is a starter Even though Harbaugh won't say it Uh, But I I just want to see how he comes back from uh, Struggling a little bit at the end of the year last year I know some of that was due to I don't think he was ever right from that, uh, shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just see how they bounce back from that and start off the year against another top 15 team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny hearing you talk about the quote unquote
2: quarterback controversy. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't think there's a controversy. He's just playing it up. You know, just, Oh, we're not going to let Florida know until, you know, Florida lets us know or- we're not going to let them know until we, you know, towed them out on the field. Yeah, like, like you said, I'm 99 percent sure it's going to be Wilton Spade. If it's not Wilton Spade, I will be shocked.
0: All right, guys, uh, is there anything else to add for this game?
3: I mean, I hope they're,
0: I, ho-
2: I hope they're good games. Like, <laughs> don't misunderstand me. Yeah. I would be cool if Michigan blocked
0: <laughs> All right. Uh up next we got uh Alabama and Florida State. This is the first time two uh top three teams have uh met off again the season. Um what are your thoughts on this game, guys?
1: Uh, I mean really excited to see this. I mean two teams that you know ended the year pretty. Pretty well. Uh, I mean, uh, Alabama would like to have ended theirs a national title, but they made it to the national championship game. Uh, Florida State finished with a bowl game over uh, Michigan, who we were talking about earlier. Uh, so we want to see how they bounce back, uh, similar to Michigan. Alabama lost a lot of defensive talent. Uh, you want to see how how they come back from that, though a lot of their offensive talent uh returns. They have Jalen Hurts, uh, they have Calvin Ridley, they have Bo Scarborough, so, you know, big three, uh three big pieces they have coming back. Uh and then, you know, Florida State we want to see how they handle not having Dalvin Cook in the backfield. But uh I think we have a, a really good game on our hands here. Uh and you know I'm excited to see it. Uh you, you got two top three teams. You have, uh, probably some talk between two conferences, uh, with, uh, Florida state representing the ACC where Clemson came from, who beat Alabama in the national title game last year. And probably a little bit of a revenge factor from
3: Alabama coming in.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, we're also looking at two of the top head coaches in college football as well.
3: Um,
2: you know, it, within the last five years, both these guys have a national championship, uh, multiple conference championships. Uh, you know, just a great matchup from the top down. Uh, you know, like you said, there, there's more pieces to talk about from Alabama, uh, and that's the appeal Alabama has, especially on the national stage. Uh, but I still think a very interesting piece is DeAndre Francois, uh, quarterback from Florida State uh you know i i think he he took leaps and bounds last year and i think this is a time for him to step up i'm not going to say shine uh because i i still think a matchup against alabama is going to be a lot for him to handle uh you know i heard today on uh college game day you know it's like this alabama defense lost a lot but they also have future first round draft picks that we don't we just don't know yet so you know and someone's secondary
3: is oh sick. yeah
2: yeah, so it's like some someone's gonna step up. It's just who's it gonna be, uh, and, and and that's the, that's the stuff we'll be witnessing week one. Na- names we will hear for the first time. We will hear all season on Saturday. Both both teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, just with me, i just just uh, really gonna be interesting to see how uh, Alabama offense flows. Um, no names having offensive coordinator travel around the end of last year, uh, with Kiffin moving uh to a different squad. Then they thought they were secure with Sarkesian and he left and now they picked up uh Brian the ball. So uh not really familiar with him that much. Uh just wanna see like what type of plays he's gonna be calling to let this offense flow. Um see if they can be successful against this is Florida State defense. Just so, my little take what I'm gonna be interested to see. Uh, anything else, guys?
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> All right. We're about to get into our pickums now, uh, to start college football back up. Uh, we got two hard ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ty was, he told me last year, he said, man, uh, let's pick some teams, uh, some real tough ones. So I got some tough ones for us. So, uh, this week, I'll uh, we start giving a shout-out to some HBCUs. Uh, we're about to go with Morehouse and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, who you guys got?
2: I'll start it off, and I'm going to pick Arkansas Pine Bluff because I knew they had a football team. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, oh, man. I, I'm
2: honest about it. I, although I oh. almost did some research to look up player names and give this whole speech about like I knew what I was talking about. But at the end of the day, it's just going to be a bunch of bull. And, uh, like I said, I knew Arkansas Pine Bluff had a team. I knew Morehouse had a basketball team, but I had no clue they had a football team. I don't even know if they're FBS. None of these teams are FBS Division One.
0: Yeah, these are FCS. No, yeah.
2: they're, yeah, they're FCS teams. Yeah. At least give us North Dakota State or
0: something. I right, hit y'all with them next week,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm gonna go uh, Arkansas as well, uh, just because Morehouse. I, I'm not too familiar with their football squad. I know they have one, but uh, I've never heard of them making too much noise. So,
3: yeah.
0: All right, uh, yeah, give me Arkansas Pine Bluff as well. Uh, up next, we got Tuskegee versus Alabama State. Uh, why? Uh,
2: I don't know. Alabama's a good football team. I don't know about Alabama
3: not
2: like? No, that was that was Georgia State that made that NCAA basketball run. So yeah, forget it. Give me Tuskegee. <laughs> I, I I I know the name. Ah, oh,
3: give me Alabama State. Give me Alabama. Maybe they stole State some recruits well. that we don't know about. <laughs> yeah. Alright, no. Who would who, you take their track? Oh, Alabama State.
2: Uh, consider me two and oh.
0: Alright. <laughs> okay, now we, we gotta go into some teams we uh, we're more familiar with. Uh Tennessee, Georgia Tech.
2: Yeah, g- give me Tennessee here. Uh I think they'll be able to stop that triple offense. Uh, Plus, they got the uh, number one recruit last year. So I I think that's some good karma coming their way. Uh, Yeah, uh, Tennessee, they're at least in the top 25. Uh, Granted, they they lost uh, quarterback uh, Josh Dobbs. But uh, I think they'll be able to step in and uh, win a pretty decent uh, out-of-conference game. Yeah, I don't think it's a walkover, but I think it'll be a pretty, pretty decent win.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Tennessee here too. They're, uh, returning some decent players, even though, like I said, they don't have a quarterback, but I think they should have enough to get a win over Georgia Tech.
0: I do think this game is going to be very close? Um, but I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Um, like I said, like you said, Darnell, they got some guys returning back. Uh, had a pretty good, decent team last year. Uh, was in some close games. I uh, just think they're going to build a, built upon that uh, during the offseason. They're going to bring it to Georgia Tech uh, to start
3: their season off.
0: All right, guys. Uh, up next, we have West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Who you got?
2: I think this game could be sneaky good. Uh, West Virginia always tends to have a pretty high-powered offense, but they're in the Big 12, so therefore they don't play any defense. Uh, and, and Virginia Tech made the ACC championship game. Uh, I think this has the potential of being a, a better game than a lot of people even realize. Um, give me Virginia Tech. Uh, I think they'll be able to pull something out here. Just a solid program. They all, they always play pretty, pretty disciplined football. Uh, and they actually have a defense to even talk about. So, uh, yeah, give me, give me Virginia Tech.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm going beamer ball. Uh, even well, though Beaver's I, uh, not there anymore. Exactly. But <laughs> still. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna block a punt still. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I got some higher hopes for them, uh, this season, so. Yep.
2: Um, yeah, I believe we both have them in the, uh, ACC game. Yep.
0: Uh, yep. yeah, you too. I got the U, so. Of course you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm rocking with Virginia Tech as well, uh, they were pretty good last year. And like I said, just build upon that. Uh, West Virginia, I do have this one being a very close game as well. Uh, Virginia Tech, I just had them coming out on top. Up next, uh, we got Tyler's Michigan Wolverines versus Florida. Um think this should be a pretty good set game for Michigan to center into Florida's mm-hmm. suspension, guys.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... If,
1: if Michigan doesn't win, I'm picking them. But if they don't win, I'm going all in on Tyler next week.
0: <laughs> Be ready yeah, for it, son. That, that, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to see I'm picking. All right. I'm rocking with, uh, Michigan as well. Uh, just, I uh, really think those Florida, uh, suspensions are uh, going to hold them back this particular game. So. And then last but not least, we have Bama versus Florida State. <laughs> Who you guys got?
3: Um, th- this
2: this is a
0: tough pick
2: because we all have, uh, I believe we both, or all three of us had both these schools in the playoff, do we not?
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. So that means we're expecting the loser on the table. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's it. In my opinion, it comes down to who do you trust more to run the table. Um, in my opinion, I think the winner of this game goes undefeated.
3: Um, Ooh, okay.
2: I I will say that. Um, I'm actually going to pick Alabama to win the game. Uh, I expect Alabama to go 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 if you want to count the conference game, and then I expect uh, Florida State to go 12 and one.
3: Right. Wow. Well,
1: I'll get, get the inaugural roll tied in. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with that too. Uh, I, I just, I, I think, uh, Saban will have them already. I think they're ready to go, especially after t- they want to get that bad taste out of their mouths from the national title game and you know get, get some retribution over our ACC team. And they, they come out and I think, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, has, has a big day. Uh, I, th- I think he picks off Francois once for a touchdown.
0: All right. And I'm rolling with uh, Bama as well. Uh, just think that Saber's going to have these guys out there ready to stay and roll over teams. Uh, I think he's still pretty pissed off about his performance in that uh, championship game last year. So I think he's really hyped up, got these guys ready to go out there and destroy every team. Uh, it comes their way. So. all right, that's it. Now we all basically pick the same uh squads. Uh, just Tuskegee versus Bama State. That's going to be the one uh that's going to separate uh who's going to be in first place or not. So,
3: yeah, I'll <laughs> laugh at you guys from the top. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well. <Wow. laughs>
1: We'll see. Uh, th- there's one person here that won last year. All right. You know, that was yeah, Darnell's a start.
2: So. Are, 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 we, are we trying to sell a fight right now, Darnell?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, his little head and your little hands. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Can read you can't anyone. even
3: read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Wow. All right guys, uh anything else to add? Uh what, MMA, college football or what? Uh
3: yeah. just glad
2: football is here. Yes. Uh baseball doesn't have to consume my sports viewing habits for a while. Yeah, thank I you.
1: Got, <laughs> I got a long Saturday of football and beer ahead of me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there with you.
0: You opening up any spe- uh, special special Bottles for Saturday, man, or just the usual or what?
1: I'll probably go in the cellar uh, to bring a couple things out.
0: All right. Well, as always, guys, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Um, You can check this podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube. Just hit us up in that search engine. Also, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, You can find us at DKM underscore cast. Uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Toss some uh, college football. See how our picks and everything went. Peace.